Hey everybody, welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Once again, Sean is not able to join us, sadly. Yes, but I'm Shannon. And we've got other guests this week. Woohoo! I'm Kristen. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and I'm Stephanie. Stephanie's Yay! back again. <laughs> Two in a row. Yeah. And it's not about food. Well, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is sort of fitting that maybe Sean couldn't join because the topic, well, we'll get to the topic. We, we do have a couple of updates real quick from last week, our, our ROM Wait, was that last week? Two nope. weeks, Two weeks ago. was last week. Jeez, you guys, it's all a mess in my brain. So from our <laughs> rom-coms episode, we had gone over to Catherine and Robert uh, to their house to, to drop off a birthday present for Catherine. And, and a Christmas present because I'm really bad at being on time with presents. It's it's fine. Good for you for not just giving up. That's what I do. <laughs> I know, right? No one's year. ever complained for getting a present late. I know, right? <laughs> Nobody's like, oh, I can't believe she waited three months to give me a present. <laughs> Anyway, because Catherine and Robert are such wonderful people, we showed up with presents. And of course, she was like, hey, I've got something for you. And she had a DVD (laughs) copy of Never Been Kissed. Yay! Along with some pretzels that were delicious. Oh, those pretzels were really good. Anyway, so we watched it. (laughs) Stephanie had seen it before, of course. I had never seen it. So we watched it. And we need to clarify real quick. We We forgot. I forgot about a major (laughs) plot point. Because we talked about how it's like kind of hasn't really aged well. And it's it's super like late 90s, early 2000s like vibe. Like it's kind of a time capsule of like, wow, we all dressed like that, didn't we? You know, (laughs) that's the kind of music we listen to. Anyway, but we talked about how the the whole thing was kind of super sus that like the teacher and the student are falling in love, whatever. I didn't realize that's a plot point. Like (laughs) I forgot it was a plot point. Yeah, the whole the whole deal of like she's undercover and she's looking for the story. She doesn't know what the story is exactly yet. And then they start talking about, well, what if this is the story that like this teacher is kind of like, where's the line? Where's the boundary? So And at the beginning he does say, Are you sure you're 17? And she's like, I'm 17. I'm 17. She's yeah. trying to convince him, <laughs> but he he might know, but he also doesn't. Drew Barrymore was very charming. It was a fun she movie. Is. I still feel like it's a, there's a little bit of... Uh, I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love it. I'm glad you do. It was good. I enj- I did enjoy it. But I also <laughs> see that it, you know, it didn't age gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I don't mean to drag it through the mud. It was, it was fun. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it, was a fu- it was a fun movie. Anyway, yes, that's, our, that's our update from, from our uh, rom-coms. Mm-hmm. I did have a sandwich update. I know it was just last week, but I completely forgot. I was trying to just kind of think last week of like kind of thinking broad of sandwiches, but I have a very specific sandwich. If you live in Utah, do yourself a favor and go to a Beanie's Espresso and Coffee, I think that's their full name, and get yourself a breakfast sandwich. It is the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. And in our Instagram posts, somebody had reminded me of it. And so if you saw our Instagram stories, you saw it. It's the most delicious sandwich in the whole wide world. That's all. It's really good. Is Beanie's a chain? I have never heard they of They have. It's a local place. They have a couple. Like, I think they're starting to franchise. I think they've got maybe three oh. locations, but it's right by our house, which is bad news. 
But a, a friend of mine from work, she's just totally addicted to their coffee. She says it's so good. And I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't know. But they do have other good drinks. But that breakfast sandwich, perfect. I saw the picture that you had shared on, on our Instagram, and yeah, it looked really good. I'm a sucker for a breakfast sandwich anyway, so it looks good. So there you go. Next time you guys are out here, we'll go. Mm-mm. And that wasn't uh-uh. That was mm-mm. Like a yum-yum sort like of. Like mm. a yum-yum. <laughs> Well, Kristen, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. We could spend all night just having you share your updates, but you got, you got any updates <laughs> to share with us? <laughs> um, let's see. The one rom-com I would have to add that didn't get included is one called Little Manhattan. Oh, so I think cute. I texted you guys about it. Or yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've ever not seen FaceTime. that one. What's the term? No, Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um... But yes, it is a love story between 10-year-olds. And so it's the story of this little boy falling in love for the first time. And it's Josh Hutcherson, the cute little tiny baby Josh Hutcherson. (laughs) Is he the one from Hunger Games? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hmm. cute. It's just fun and sweet and you feel good watching it. And then for sandwiches, I had two specific sandwiches that came to my mind. The first is when you guys were talking about bread. Have I made you brioche bread before? I don't think no. you have. I think you have for me. I think I might have done it when we were in Utah. Well, we have anyway, a family reunion coming up. Yes. You better believe I'm going <laughs> to make it. We're going to need to have some of that going on. Mm. It's got a very, very high percentage of eggs and butter in it. And so it's a very rich, buttery bread. That's what makes and it good. I made good. it once, and I used it to make grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh. And they were the best grilled cheese I think I've ever had. You know what else I bet would be really good with that oh. kind of bread is French toast. Oh. Yes. Which, of oh, course, yes. is adding even more eggs and more butter. But still, <laughs> <laughs> you can't Just go wrong. Just better with <laughs> eggs and butter. Indeed. Oh. oh, man. And then when Sean was talking about the versatility of peanut butter, I remembered when we were kids and we went to Seven Peaks. It was the middle of summer, and we'd have a big cooler full of food. And there was peanut butter, and there were Whoppers, and there were Lay's potato chips. And I combined them on a sandwich. And it was really good. And I have that very specific memory. (laughs) I've never made the sandwich again. I probably should see if it lives up to the... The Whoppers are the only thing that are are bumping for me, because the other stuff, peanut butter and (laughs) chips, I think that could be good. But yeah. Whoppers, wow. I was thinking the opposite. I think Whoppers is good because you know peanut butter and chocolate are good together. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, uh, that, yeah, I guess so. Mm-mm. <laughs> that's my expression <laughs> of the podcast. It's, it's good. <laughs> Some, wow. Someday if we have merch, we're going to have a sticker of Stephanie. It's going to say, mm-mm, mm-mm. underneath. <laughs> I wish you Love could it. like have a sticker with my shoulder movement. Mm-mm. We'll just do, we'll do a bunch of signature gifts. <laughs> that would be great. Perfect. Ooh, do one of those like holographic stickers. Oh, you turn yeah. it for shoulders move. Yeah. Or like Listen. stickers for iMessages or something. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking mm-hmm. little little mm-hmm. emotes, a little emojis. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I guess with all of those updates out of the way, we can get to this week's topic, which is our favorite female empowering media. So March 8th will be International Women's Day. And so we thought we would talk about some of our favorite media that we're enjoying that is empowering toward females. That's why we have some of our female guests, Stephanie and Kristen here to, you yo, know. Yo, yo, yo. 
just... Either though Sean wasn't able to join us, he did want to record and, and just mention a couple of things that he had he had prepared and, and wanted to talk about for the show. So, uh, Sean, take it away. Insert Sean here. Hi, I'm Sean. I'm Sean. Oh, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> Sean here. All right, I'll be I'll be quick. I just want to add a couple of things here. The first is around video games. I know we talked in our classic Nintendo episode a while back about getting the end of the Metroid game where this mechanized warrior you find out at the end is actually a woman inside Samus Aran. And the shock that that is, and I like that it's become a lot more common in video games to have women being in no matter what the role may be. And so I actually want to talk about an indie game that came out back in 2017 called Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King. And it is a story about a heroine named Lily, Knight of the Rose. And I guess backing up a little, the way the game starts is it's actually Lily, a little girl, and uh, her sister, I don't remember the sister's name, sitting with their grandpa next to the fire. And the grandpa starts telling a story about Lily, Knight of the Rose, almost like the Princess Bride, right, where... (laughs) <laughs> where the grandpa's like telling the story and it cuts back to the grandpa a couple of times when things happen. But but Lily is this powerful warrior who goes through and rescues the kingdom and battles different monsters and warriors and and things like that. And it's it's an amazingly fun game. The older I get, the fewer games I actually play through all the way to the end. And this isn't a terribly long game, but it is one that I played all the way to the end and thoroughly enjoyed it. So if you haven't checked it out, give it a try. I found out in doing research for this episode that there's actually a sequel. So I'll have to check that out. Um, hopefully it's as good as the first because, because yeah, it's just just a great game. The next one I want to talk about is actually some, some books from my favorite fantasy author, Brandon Sanderson. And I was first introduced to him by reading the original Mistborn trilogy, which features a very strong woman lead who actually starts as just like a street street urchin and gains confidence and and unlocks her powers and but if you're looking for something that's a little bit easier to get into I'll actually talk more about maybe one of his novellas which is called Shadows for Silence in the Forests of Hell <laughs> it's an intense title. It originally appeared in the Dangerous Women anthology and now is available as a solo ebook. And it's it's a it's a chilling little story about a woman named Silence, Silence Montaigne. And uh she is runs this little uh way stop in, in a forest, and she lives there with her 14-year-old daughter and then is actually adopted. An eight-year-old girl has her own daughter um, due to some circumstances. And I just, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't want to give away the story. Uh, It's not that long of a read. Definitely check it out. But I came out of this just thinking, wow, silence. What what a powerful woman. Like what a, (laughs) I don't know. Just it's, it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, I can't, I can't give it away. But this mother of two ends up being just, an amazing woman and really the story I feel like ends up being about about her even though you don't necessarily it doesn't read that way at first but then it all comes together so anyway hopefully that leaves you <laughs> with just enough of a cliffhanger to go check out again very intense intense name shadows for silence in the forest of hell but it's it's great and and if you have ever 
you know, or feeling down as, as a mom, whatever it is, mom shaming, whatever's going on, go read this and, 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 and think of yourself as one of these dangerous and powerful women. But yeah. Anyway, that's all I have. Cool. Thanks, Sean. At the time of recording this, I have no idea what he said, but I'm sure it was good. So <laughs> anyway, when we were kind of approaching this topic, we, we each kind of independent of each other kind of looked at this from perspective of genres of media. We kept it really broad. We're kind of just going to talk about all the stuff that we like that has made a, an impact on us and we felt like has, has been empowering toward women. And so how about we start with music? Let's just start sure. with that. Well, it's funny. I actually... I. I added this topic to our spreadsheet after watching a movie I'll talk about in a minute. But I realized that, you know, I have kind of this list of stuff that after, you know, reading, watching, listening to whatever, I find myself being like, heck yeah, I can do anything. Like it makes me feel so like tough and awesome. That's great. So that's, that's kind of where the idea of this came from. I think it's awesome. So music, who's got some good music? I feel weird going first because I'm the man. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) I have something to share, but I don't want to be like, well, I'm the man. I want to talk about this stuff. So I'm going to defer for a minute. Okay. (laughs) Well, so uh, of my music groups, one of the first ones I wanted to talk about is actually one that I discovered really recently. I don't know if anybody has watched the Netflix original series Arcane. I haven't yet. yet. It it's looks really so good. good. And I figured that's a show I'll talk more about when we get to our adult animated episode. But it is based on League of Legends, a video game. And there's a band that I learned about through them called KDA, which is a virtual K-pop girl group, which <laughs> it's almost like... Okay. I know. I, I love that we live in, a, in an age that that's a thing. It's so cool. <laughs> Because it's almost like gorillas that, you know, it's made up of not real people. The band is made up of four League of Legends characters. (laughs) And uh, That's so cool. The actual, like, it's not a secret or anything. Like, it is made up of American singers Madison Beer, Jara Burns. I'm sorry if I messed that up. And some members of a K-pop band, Mion and Soyeon. I should have looked up how to... I'm sorry. I apologize for all the names I'm going to butcher. We've never mispronounced names on this show. Never. <laughs> but no, their uh, their music is really cool. Um, and yeah, it kind of blends together English and Korean. And um, one of their songs, they throw in like some Spanish at some point. And it makes you feel really tough. Like if you need a good workout jam, look up KDA. They're really, really good. Like, like the three letters, K-D-A? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's like it's K slash D-A. I think it stands for kill to death average, like a video game term. Oh, what if it's actually pronounced Kada? Kada! Kada! I like it. Yeah, we'll have to look those up. That yeah. sounds great. I like it. Yeah. What else we got? <laughs> oh, Stephanie, you have, or do you, want, or do you want me to go? I'll go. So... <laughs> When Aaron mentioned that the topic for this week was female empowered media, I was like, oh, that's a that's a good topic. And it could also be a nuanced topic. For example, <laughs> the, the music group that came to mind was the Spice Girls. And <laughs> I feel like maybe it's because 
as a 10 year old, 11 year old girl, when they were having their moment, it was, it meant so much to me. And now looking back, I can see, you know, the problematic nature and how it depicted women. But at the same time, they really promoted like female friendship and girl power. And that meant so much to me at the time. I don't think I realized that we really live in a patriarchal society. And I don't mean to like take this too deep or whatever, but, um, no, it's fair. I mean, this is, I feel like there's a lot more potential for this to be maybe a slightly more serious topic. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff we like, but obviously like, you know, that's a little more in-depth topic than like our favorite birds, right? Or favorite rocks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) so that's fair. Yeah. Well, um, but I just remember as a, as a 10 or 11 year old, Learning about the Spice Girls for the first time and just being like, wow, girl power, that's so cool. And it meant so much to me. There was this store, I think it was an offshoot of Claire's. It was called Afterthoughts. Do you do you girls remember that? I don't remember I that. I mean, one. you women remember I, that, Kristen? I don't and remember. It. You looked right at me and I was like, I don't. Of I don't course. know. <laughs> remember icing. Icing yeah. and Claire's. It was, oh, that's what it was. It was like icing, but it was called Afterthoughts. And okay. I should look that up just to confirm. I don't know if that's a false memory. But anyway, they sold these, they were all the rage. They were these little watch rings. <laughs> and I remember those. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, so many girls at my middle school had them. And I was like, they're so cool. I really, really want one. But they were kind of expensive. I think they were like, I don't know, 25 bucks. And for a 10-year-old, that's a lot of money, 10 or 11-year-old. I really don't remember how old I was. And in the 90s, right? Yeah. So And yeah, I remember. They pulled on your finger hair. So they did. <laughs> they did. They were that stretchy, like, watch band material. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted one so bad, but they were so expensive. And one day, I went to the mall with, I think it must have been my sister, and there in the clearance section was a girl power mood ring mood watch ring and it was my treasure in fact i think i still have it in my jewelry box i should go look we can post a picture of it yeah if you can find it that'd be awesome i'm pretty (laughs) sure i still have it but that was such a treasure to me i loved this idea of like yeah girls are awesome and i had my girl power mood ring and i i remember having this little club, we it was me and a couple girls who lived on the same street as me growing up. And we had this little girls club and we would climb the walnut tree out front and we would yell, girls, honest, brave, yeah. And it was our little like, <laughs> our little cheer that girls are awesome. And I remember that the boys in the neighborhood, <laughs> including probably my brothers, um, <laughs> but um but they would tease us and they were like, girls, honest, brave. That's so dumb. Huh? But I just remember thinking, whatever, the Spice Girls, they talk about girl power. And it was really, I think, seeing women be unapologetic and be who they were was really empowering. I know there are some criticisms of the Spice Girls, um, namely that like they diminish. some people would say they diminished Gosh, let me find this actual quote here. Sorry, Aaron, you're going to have a lot of No, it's fine. It's his job. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) That's very true. Okay. In a Marie Claire article, it was from July of 2016. They talked about the Spice Girls. And here's a little quote from it. It says, 
Feminist writers condemned the band for promoting a light and frothy feminism deemed feminism light, which detracted from the real issues of gender politics. Some said that the Spice Girls were responsible for wiping out feminism for a decade with their frivolous girl power rhetoric. But the article goes on. It kind of sees things from all angles. I really am learning to like embrace nuance, that not everything is black and white, because I think in some cases that is true that the Spice Girls kind of showed like, if you're going to be loud, then you're scary. And if you're sweet, then you're a baby. And if you're athletic, then you're kind of a tomboy and all of this and that. But um, the thing I like that this article says is that the Spice Girls weren't Gloria Steinem or Jermaine Greer, nor did they pretend to be. But they offered me and millions of others a first taste of feminism, a sweet, palatable spoonful that helped shape me into the staunch supporter of women I am today. And maybe that's the power of girl power. I just think this is such a lovely article about – in a nuanced article about the Spice Girls. But I, I feel like that resonates really strongly with me that it really was my first taste of feminism. I didn't I didn't know of all the issues that women struggle with uh, until I got older and it, my eyes were opened. But um, I <laughs> – just the Spice Girls really like taught me that you can be fearless and and brave and proud of who you are uh, as a as a young ten year old girl. So that's what I that's what came to mind first was the Spice Girls. That I think that's cool. great. And honestly, I mean, yeah. that's something that I think is 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 probably true of so many things in media that nothing you know nothing is perfect. That you can you can find things that maybe are problematic or things that maybe. You know, we were just talking about like, you know, some of these movies haven't aged well in lots of different ways. But I feel like if if it made a difference to you and if you felt that, then mm-hmm. like then that's valid, right? Like yeah. if, if it meant something to you. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it it really did. And I think like as I've gotten older and I've become more nuanced in my views and aware of the world around me, I think it has stuck with me that I can speak up for what I believe in and and that I want all girls to feel powerful and all girls to get an education. And so it can affect people in many different ways. And I love that very much. I love that too. Thanks for sharing. Sure. That's really great. (laughs) (laughs) One of the ones I wanted to share actually uh, on the music side of things, I know I've talked about Casey Musgraves before when we were talking about our favorite female vocalists. I think she's fantastic and super talented. I love her voice. I love her songwriting. And specifically with her songwriting, she actually kind of takes a lot of flack in the country music community. And I I love country music, and this is not meant to be a, a dig at country music at all. But like, you know, you ask people like stereotypically country music is like, get your gun and your dog and your truck and you, you, whatever, <laughs> you know, we're going to party all night and that sort of thing. You know, and and listen, I listen to country music. I love country music. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, whatever, like I listen to that. But Here's the, here's the point. Casey Musgraves writes a lot of songs that don't fit that mold. Specifically, she wrote a song uh, called Breadwinner not too long ago. Hold on. Where's my notes? I'll sing it for you. Breadwinner and my dog. <laughs> and That's my, perfect. <laughs> my dog and my bread. The loaf of it to make a sandwich. Okay. I'm sorry. Perfect. No, okay. So I'm sorry. I didn't have my notes here. But yeah, so when uh, Casey Musgraves wrote the song, it's about a relationship she was having with with a man where at first their relationship was was really – he was very supportive of her being successful and making a lot of money and you know being a celebrity uh, and whatnot. 
and then over time that relationship soured and it turned into more of a jealousy and more of an inadequacy from him toward her and so she wrote this song all about like um, some of the the lyrics here uh he wants a breadwinner he wants your dinner until he ain't hungry anymore he wants your shimmer to make him feel bigger until he starts feeling insecure you know and it's, it's just you know kind of taking this this sort of perspective of you know in society in general i feel like it's still kind of the the thing that like the man has the job you know and i not that i agree with that but i feel like you still see that in society and it's like it's still kind of weird when like women are the main breadwinner in the house i know things are changing but like there's so many people i know personally who think who think that's weird so it's been kind of interesting that like she's kind of got flack for writing these songs that are different or that have have a non-stereotypical country vibe uh one of her albums she wrote a song called the good old boys club and it's all just about like the country music industry and how like it's all just like the same good old boys and they bring in the people they like and you know it's just a bunch of dudes having their having a good time and she like she's like no thanks you know like thanks but no thanks like i'm gonna do it my way i'm gonna do my own thing I love that. I think it's so cool. You you really can tell when you listen to her music. She has so many songs and so many lyrics that really are like about like women are strong, women are smart, women can do things without anybody else, you know. You it's not wrong to have other relationships with other people, but like they're not dependent on that, right? And I yeah. love that. I think it's so cool. Yeah. She also gets a lot of flack for like her personal views. She's very supportive of the LGBTQIA community, which there's a lot of kind of gatekeeping in country music. Where that's a topic for a whole other day. But I just think she's great, and I I love that she has these these songs that are really are like women are strong and awesome. I love that. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Girl power. Kristen, you had any music stuff to share with us? Uh, I hadn't originally had any music on my lists that I had made, but uh, listening to your stories and the people you've shared, I think of Lin-Manuel Miranda, specifically with Hamilton. Oh. Um, if people haven't heard the music for that, they really should. One, it's just really good music. Two, it's, you know, a good education on some basic American history. And third, I love what he does with the women in Hamilton's life. So it's all about Alexander Hamilton, but there's his wife, Eliza, and honestly, you could look at the play as if it were about Eliza and yes. Alexander's influence in her life. Or there's Angelica, which uh, there's the the three Skylar sisters, Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. Skylar sisters. <laughs> it's so yes. good. I was waiting for and, somebody to break into song. Yep. Yes. Um, can't help it. And I have three daughters, uh, a fourth on the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very particular about the media that they are exposed to, but they know the Skylar sisters' song. They can, Scarlet at least, can sing it word for word. I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Some men say that I'm intense or I'm insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We, we hold these hold truths to be, to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm a compelling to include women in the sequel work. work. <laughs> anyway, but that but that last line, I mean, it opened up this whole conversation with my daughter where she's like, what does she mean? Like men are created equal. And we had this great conversation about women's rights and when women would get to vote. And anyway, just it's just 
fun. I anyway, love it. Yeah, I mean, the epilogue, if you will, the the end number is from Eliza's point of view. Yeah. Or even if you look at his other work, like in the Heights and Encanto and Moana, he just he really does a good job of writing about women and for women. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah, definitely. I That's love that. Great. Well, should we move it on to uh, another genre? Sure. I guess is that what we're yeah. going to call it here? Let's 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 talk about uh, let's talk about books. Okay, Kristen. Kristen uh, I'm jumping right back to you because Kristen, <laughs> yep. you, you're the you're the book queen here. You're the book person of the group. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Shannon, you've got biggest children's book collection ever. Let's see. I think one of my favorite book series that I have loved since uh, junior high was Sabriel by Garth Nix. And it's this, let's see, it was a trilogy at the time. I think there's now five, maybe six books in the series, but it's um, a fantasy series about this girl named Sabriel, who I guess the best way to describe it is she's a keeper of the dead, um, where there's uh, like normal England where she grows up and uh, where there is no magic, where she like goes to boarding school. And then there's this wall that separates modern day England from the old kingdom. And when you go over there, it's more like medieval times, but there's like magic and sword fighting and undead creatures and things. And her dad has the job of Abhorsen, which is someone who can go walk in death, who can fight these undead creatures and who can send them back where they belong. And it's a very important job. And in the first book, something happens to him and she has to take over. And then the following books are about uh, the next few Abhorsons. And they're all these really strong, amazing women. And I just remember as a kid, always gravitating to books that had a main female hero, where it's not that I didn't enjoy books and movies and other things where men are the the leads, but I think it's just natural for people to want to be able to see themselves in the person that they're reading about or yeah, watching. Yeah, totally. And so I remember always really loving books where they were about girls. Even that, that makes me think back to when you were talking about Nintendo games, and I remember really loving Super Mario Brothers 2 because I could play as Peach, and it was like the first time I could like choose my character, and I could choose a girl. And that was like so cool for my little, my little, however old I was, girl brain. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And you know, and I just have to say, like, that's something that I have totally taken for granted my whole life, and it's something that I feel like I've, I, I'm still learning, but I feel like I've, I've definitely learned so much of like things like that or Stephanie, you were saying like the, the like girl power, that sort of thing. Like it just wasn't even on my radar and stuff. And so I feel like all of the great strong women in our family. And as you alluded to Kristen, all of our nieces and one nephew, right? <laughs> we have, like our family somehow is good at making baby girls. So like, we just with all, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to understand more or be more aware of that. And so I, 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 I really appreciate hearing all of you kind of sharing these experiences because I think I just, I just was oblivious, you know, I just wasn't even thinking of it. Well, I mean, you don't really think about it being like different when you're so used to a certain way of doing things. And I think 
like Stephanie was saying, when we're little, we don't really know any better. But as we grow, there there are are these moments that kind of open our eyes. And bit by bit, until when we're older, we really, you know, can fully form our opinions and choose how we influence the world. And anyway. Yeah, I like that. Let's see. Uh, Brandon Sanderson is an excellent author. Yeah. Um, He does a ton of fantasy work. He's really good at writing, I would say, balanced novels. Um, Because that's something that I've really become aware of. Like you said, there's... There's a lot of the times that it's like all men and like one or two girls. You gotta have the token female character. Yeah, 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 totally. Which which can still be great. And then, you know, sometimes people try to reverse it and then you have like all women and like one guy, um, which once again, there's nothing wrong with that. Those can be really entertaining. But I really love when I find something that I'm not thinking about, you know, oh, there's definitely more men or definitely more women. It's, I'm not keeping track of characters or anything. It's it's just balanced. There's, there's nuances on both sides. There's interesting character development on both sides. And Brandon Sanderson is really good with that. Um, Warbreaker is a standalone. Well, it was. I think he's working on, on a, a sequel now. But that is a great one that there are three main characters. One is a guy, but then the other two are these sisters. And they are just fascinating people or there's the mistborn series which i think is kind of the series that really put them on the map mm-hmm. it's my favorite for sure author yeah. and, and i was yeah. gonna even mention that because yeah the one of the main characters of mistborn is uh a woman named vin and she was one of the first female characters i read about like from her perspective that i really she wasn't like i'm not like other girls kind of character <laughs> and i feel like you've get that a lot in media mm-hmm. but Vin was like she was strong but not like I'm big and tough because I have to be but like she was brave and strong and smart and she was normal like it, it wasn't over yeah. the top in any kind of way and I loved that about yeah. Vin. yeah yeah she is a fantastic character and that really makes me laugh Shannon because if, if I look back at myself growing up I know as a little kid, I loved the color pink and I had like play makeup and jewelry (laughs) and dolls and Barbies and I loved all that stuff. And then I remember getting to like fifth, sixth grade on up how I was not like other girls. I Mm -hmm. did not like wearing skirts. I wore jeans all the time. I liked Nintendo and Star Wars and I would not, you know, be one of those girls. I was the same as you. Yeah. And I almost feel like I had like a stupid sense of pride about it that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm that one Taylor Swift song. She wears short skirts and I wear T-shirts. I'm better. (laughs) And now I look at it and I'm like, that is dumb. Let people like what they like. (laughs) Exactly. Let's not pit women against each other, especially as kids, because that's I don't know if that's still a thing, but that's how it was when I was a kid, I feel like. Yeah, well, and. And we talked about how nobody's perfect and everybody grows. Like even Taylor Swift uh, did that song and then feminists are like, that's not how it is. And now I would say Taylor Swift is one of like the best feminists out there. And (laughs) anyway, but yeah, as I've grown older, I've come back to accept my love of the color pink and pretty things and still the, you know, the, the boyish stuff. And it doesn't matter. It's all good and it's all acceptable 
And I think that's such a great thing. I <laughs> love so, that. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, there's this podcast that I love listening to. It's called Be There in Five. That's uh, a plug for um, episode one <laughs> of uh, the favorite show podcast, uh, favorite podcast. Um, be in On Be There in Five, she the host is named Kate Kennedy, and she talks about all things pop culture. She's a huge Taylor Swift fan, but she talks about like celebrity gossip and and kind of like what we as women go through and how really there's this this idea that like we can't enjoy fashion or we maybe fashion isn't a good example um like we can't enjoy Taylor Swift's music or we can't enjoy um like pretty things because it's just so girly and she argues that there's nothing wrong with liking the the pretty things or the or the something that may be considered silly and i think that so often girls and women are looked down upon for enjoying sometimes simpler things and we're allowed to we're we're all allowed to like what we like and it doesn't matter if it's so awesome i mean guys really like some guys really like fantasy football <laughs> um, <laughs> so i don't know we we can all like silly trivial things and um oh definitely which yeah. if anyone be... likes fantasy football i'm sorry that was not a dick at you erin <laughs> <laughs> you can edit this out if you want here's kind of a tangent i don't know if any of you guys follow the instagram page you should care about yeah but they <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they post about well, how can we have that double standard with fantasy football and like boy band fans how yeah. come One Directioners, like the people who love them, are viewed as like stupid? Yeah. But the fantasy football people are tough. It's right. both an obsession. It's both people following the information and like learning a lot about it. It's both people yeah. putting a lot of energy into like online virtual sources. So how come <laughs> we yeah. have this double yeah. standard? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I even remember like there was that kind of opinion of like, if you were like a tough, strong woman, like you had like short hair and you wore like pants or you wore a suit or whatever. Shoulder pads. Yeah. But like, (laughs) but like there's nothing like you can be like a strong, independent, smart, capable woman and like having your makeup done nice and wear heels and whatever. Like like none of that stuff really matters. I'll talk about that more when we get to the movies. Yeah. That's Wonder Woman like to a T. I, I love it. Ah, uh, yeah. But books you were saying, see, this this is oh, probably yeah. a better lead-in. One of my favorite books is a graphic novel called Lumberjanes. I don't know if any of you guys have read yeah! that. Yeah! I haven't read it, but I know I'm familiar with it. It's really good. It was created by one, two, three, four people and written by five different people with a whole bunch of different artists. And from what I can tell, just looking at the Wikipedia page, they are all... Female, I think. I didn't go through and check, but I think <laughs> mostly. The premise of it is that, um, like, the Wikipedia page describes it as it's a girl-centric comic series that is set yeah, at a summer camp. <laughs> I'm going to cool. butcher the name. But it says, the story is set in and around Miss Quizella Thwiskin Penequil Thistle Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types. My goodness. I love it. Yes. I'll give a dollar to anyone that could pronounce that correctly on the first and try. Quickly. Yeah. Also. Nope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we follow, let's see, one, two, three. We follow uh, this scout troop of five girls, 
And it reminds me a lot, actually, of like Gravity Falls, that there's all this kind of supernatural stuff going on at the camp. And they're like, Ooh, we got to get to the bottom of it and figure it out. But it's really funny because, yeah, they'll have all these phrases in it of like, oh, my Bessie Coleman, what, the Joan Jet? Like, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what's going on? Like, that's fantastic. So it's it's really, really cool. Um, it, I think, is wrapped up now. Yes, its uh, publication date was 2014 to 2020. There's 75 total issues. I haven't finished it. I haven't read all of it. But what I have read of it is really enjoyable. And I feel like, same thing, we have these five different girls. And the one of them is, you know, more traditionally feminine. She's got her pink shorts and wears a bow in her hair and pearl earrings. And we have like, you know, the more butch looking one and whatever, but that has nothing to do with their personalities. And it's just, they have different styles and they like different things. And it's, I think it was a really cool series. That's really cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Also, I kind of want to start using those expressions. What the Joan Jet? (laughs) (laughs) that's really great (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna do it yeah i absolutely love books and shows that i find that have characters like that because it really makes me think of my own children like my uh how old is she now five my five-year-old she um was hulk one year for halloween because she really (laughs) loves hulk Mm -hmm. and then the very next year she was princess aurora i mean you know she loves both of these things she loves the tough stuff and the sweet stuff and my other daughters into unicorns and dinosaurs. I mean, just girls are complex people just like anyone else. And it's fun to see that. Yeah. yeah I, I remember agree. when, when she dressed up as the Hulk, I think that all of us, the really family good. were like, that's so cool. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> this tiny little blonde thing uh, with her drawn on black eyebrows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it <was> so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, the only book I was going to talk about actually was Mistborn, but I just have to quick shout out, if it weren't for Hermione, Harry and Ron would not have lasted <laughs> past the first book. Let's, well, just, yeah. let's be honest. That's like, so true. Like, you know how like R2-D2 saves everybody yeah! a million times in Star Wars? Like, if R2 wasn't around, nobody would have lasted. Hermione That's is the Hermione. R2-D2 of, of, yes. that, of Harry Potter. It's Hermione so true. Hermione is the R2-D2. I love that. But yeah, that's just Hermione saved the day and she's she's the greatest. And right. she's my she's definitely my favorite character in that book. Her and McGonagall. I love yes. them both. Mm-hmm. Ginny was always one of my favorites in the movies did her dirty. Oh Ginny's Ginny's great. Ginny is great in the book. I we confession time. We never saw all the movies. We got through like the fifth and then quit. So, <laughs> it, so I don't okay. I don't know that's how they fine. went bad after that, but <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to rapid fire. I have a couple of children's books here that I got for my kids that I just really wanted to share that have made an impact on them or that they've brought up to me. And they're just they're just fun. Let's see. First is What Makes a Hero, which is all about the women of of Marvel. It's got, you know, Captain Marvel and Black Widow Mm. and Shuri. And that's cool. Everybody. Mm. It's written by Pamela Bobowicz, B-O-B-O-W-I-C-Z. Sorry, Pamela. There's Interstellar Cinderella, which is a fun retelling of Cinderella in the future in space where she's a mechanic. That sounds um, cool. Yeah. And that's by Deborah Underwood. It's really cute. That's a fun one. And then 
I'm that boring mom that got the kids like historical books. But to be fair, they really like them. So, um, <laughs> well, you just said Scarlett can sing every word for Hamilton there for some of the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's Champions of Change, which is about 25 women who made history by Naomi Watkins and Catherine Kitterman. Our sister-in-law, Amber, actually just brought this up with Black History Month. There's uh, this book called Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History. And I immediately went out and bought it at her recommendation by Vashti Vashti Harrison. Um, Amazing Women, Over 100 Lives to Inspire You by Laura Wilson and Sarah Green. And uh, The Founding Mothers, Remembering the Ladies by uh, Cokie Roberts. Which, fun little snippet from that, did you know that Martha Washington insisted that George Washington get vaccinated and that he vaccinate all of his soldiers Really? Really? Yeah. She was the one that was like, yeah, I'm taking this vaccine and you are and all your men are going to. So hop to it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so great. That is so cool. (laughs) There's a whole lot of just interesting ladies that don't get covered in history books or just aren't very well known. And I really love uh, in this digital age that there are so many blogs and documentaries and books um, I've really gotten into historical fiction lately, reading about like female spies in like World War II or yeah. civilians that made a difference. And anyway, it's just fascinating stuff. There are so many stories out there. It is cool that the stuff like that is 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 becoming more prevalent now. Like we even just recently bought, you know, I said recently, it's probably been years, but we have we have a card game called Bold Made that we got. That it was a Kickstarter. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter. Cool. It's the idea of playing old maid, whatever, but all of the cards are like prominent women from history. And it's really cool. It's a fun game. Cool. You know, one I was thinking of of books and I I I've told Aaron this before, but like when when someone asks me what my favorite is, I have to like mull over it and like make a, an actual list because I'm like uh, I don't know my favorite color. Uh, green, pink, uh, red. <laughs> like I, I forget my Get favorites. It. Get it. <laughs> I just am so forgetful. And I, I think part of that is my recently diagnosed ADHD, which I feel like I want to talk about because females are often diagnosed later in life. and uh, Or misdiagnosed. Or misdiagnosed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking as you guys were talking, I was like, I can't think of favorite books with female characters that I loved, although I do like the ones, a lot of the ones that you guys have talked about and Hermione, of course, is awesome. But I was thinking one of my favorite authors is Agatha Christie. I love Agatha Christie. So good, good, right? And I love a good mystery anyway. I I love mysteries and thrillers and all of that. And Agatha Christie wrote over 60 mysteries and some of her best-known works, there's And Then There Were None. That is my favorite, me too. It's so good. And Murder on the Orient Express. And there's the series of Hercule Poirot. Did I say his name right? When I was... When I've read them. It's French. Yeah, it is, it I don't is know. French. Hercule Poirot. I was always like, Poirot? <laughs> like, when, <laughs> before I actually knew. I always struggled when it came to, like, pronouncing names um, in books. But she kind of described him as, like, a little bit of a creep. Whereas, <laughs> whereas her famous Ms. Marple was this 
unassuming woman who solved the mysteries kind of under the radar. She wasn't big or flashy as a detective, but she solved the mysteries just as well as Poirot, if not better sometimes. And anyway, I just, I really love Agatha Christie's works. And I just think it, that she, she has, she left like a, a pretty big legacy behind and kind of paved the way for other female, uh, other female mystery writers. And, uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw her name in there as well. She's incredible. Yeah. I mean, one of the greats of that genre, regardless of gender, I mean, just one of the greats period. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, should we move on to uh film and TV? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. You're going to have a lot of trouble editing this down. It's all good. It's all good. Oh boy. Well, I'm just to start the discussion rolling. Can we just talk about Studio Ghibli films? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, they're top of my the, list. All of the oh. incredible, strong female characters, female leads in these movies. I mean, you, I wrote down, I'm looking at my notes here. I jotted down Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, Kiki's Delivery Service, and The Secret World of Arietti, just as like my three maybe came to the top of my head. But like really any of the Studio Ghibli films, you can pick out really great, strong female characters that yeah. are just the best. That's so true. Can I share a quote by Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah. Please. Many of my movies have strong female leads. Brave, self-sufficient girls that don't think twice about fighting for what they believe in with all their heart. They'll need a friend or a supporter, but never a savior. Any woman is just as capable of being a hero as any man. Yes. I love that. What a guy. He's so great. It's, yeah, and is. it's so true. I mean, any of these characters, I, I just I just watched Kiki's Delivery Service not too long ago, and oh. it's such a great movie. I mean, it's I think it, we, we had talked about it. It was kind of one of our first kind of forays into like anime, but it's such a good movie. And yeah, Kiki is strong and bold. Like the very beginning of the movie, she's like setting out on her own to like go establish, you know, herself as a witch in a new city with nobody but her cat friend with her and she's 13 yeah Yeah. she goes and she does it like she goes and she works hard and she struggles and she makes some friends and she has some support and stuff but like she goes and does it well within that same movie we have a sono who is this maternal caring figure who owns her own business yeah we have ursula this creative that is so self-sufficient living out in her own cabin by herself in the woods and like we have all these characters in that movie it's not just kiki our main character yeah yeah it's true and and you really could just like pick any ghibli movie and and like be like well these characters are are amazing these really strong bold women that are just out there kicking butt you know (laughs) it's so great Yeah. yeah they're they're just balanced there are good characters boy and girl boy and girl villains there's idiots on both sides and geniuses and it's just so fun yeah they're just interesting and fun yeah and a really wide range too i mean like with kiki's livery service like where she's what did she's 13 right yeah but then you go to like castle in the sky and like dola with the (laughs) the pirate crew you know and dola is just like loud and like doesn't take any crap from anybody. It is like really, you just uh, loud kids. Loud's the word I keep coming back to. You know, <laughs> you know? very in your face. Exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you have you know somebody who's who's 
totally a hero of a story from Nausicaa. You, you have Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle, who is is so nuanced and has this journey. And pick one, and pick any one, and you can just <laughs> go on a deep dive. It's amazing. So true. That's so true. There's so many good movies. I did have yeah, so many movies. I was gonna sit, talk about Princess Mononoke, but. Do it. Well, well. here's the thing. When we talk about our favorite anime movies, I'll talk about Princess Mononoke. It's my favorite of the Ghiblis, but... I, I feel like we could talk about that movie in several oh, different topics. Favorite anime movies, favorite movies ever, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> favorite foreign yeah. film, favorite... Anyway. Yes. It's up there. Yes. But no, like I'd said kind of at the beginning of the episode, um, the idea for this whole topic came about right after Alex and I finished watching the movie Gunpowder Milkshake. Have any of you guys seen it? I have no. not. I just watched that last night. Uh, wow. Did you yeah. really? Oh, Kristen, I'm, I'm curious. What did you think? Oh, it was a fun movie. It was incredibly violent. You know, it's definitely oh, yeah. not something I'm going to let my daughters watch. It's but, rated R. <laughs> but it, it's, it's fun. It's this movie that is all about the action. But at the heart of it, it's this mother-daughter relationship and about these multiple generations of women who were just kicking butt. Like, yes. That's the way to describe it. <laughs> well, it was so the main character is Karen Gillan, who I already just love to pieces. But it was funny watching it because I realized we have this exact movie in a male format time and time again. It's Kingsman, it's John Wick. But here it is now, this action thriller, which is an all-female cast, essentially, and they're all, yeah, kicking butt, and, like, it's, I think it was beautiful visually because, like, you know, we had all these bright colors and all these interesting settings and things, but I was like, you know, I don't feel like we have too many of this type of movie geared towards female audiences, and I thought it was just a really great movie. We're gonna have to look that up. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. It is, yes. Okay. Ah, we're gonna we're go. gonna take a look. Yeah. See, and I say that. But another movie that I felt like was very similar <laughs> on the superhero <laughs> side was of uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That was a ah. fun movie. Another one, yeah, really fun, over the top violence, but I felt like it was very I think, Stephanie, you said it is unapologetic that Harley Quinn is going to be herself. Forget everybody else. <laughs> and, you know, I remember when the movie first came out and people were kind of criticizing her character, like her costume design and stuff. And a lot of women were coming to the defense of like, listen, we had Suicide Squad where she had her booty shorts and her shirt that barely fit her full of strategic rips and whatever. Mm-hmm. Homegirl went through a breakup. She's going to chop off her hair. She's going to wear her overalls that are fun and she's going to live her best life and we're going to leave her alone. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that that just describes Harley Quinn already. Like she's going to do what she's yes. going to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I didn't realize that Margot Robbie uh, is actually the one who pitched the idea for the movie. Which I thought was pretty cool. And yeah, it was directed by Kathy Ann, written by Christina Hodson. So again, a female crew working on it, which I think is pretty cool. That is really cool. I like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I really love the superhero movies we've been getting. Once again, I bring everything back to my own children. Um, I love that my daughters are growing up with uh, a girl Jedi, with girl superheroes, with girl ghostbusters even though that movie was not so awesome it was entertaining though (laughs) it was well the thing i liked about it was that there were these smart 
women who were the main characters. And the most genius thing they did in that movie was to have Chris Hemsworth as the ditzy secretary. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. They objectify him and he's an idiot and he's just there to look pretty. And they just took that trope that is in like every other movie and flipped it on its head. And I laughed so hard. That is really um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my daughters get to see Princess Leia be a general. They get to see Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and Black Widow and just all of these strong characters that were so rare or non-existent when we we were kids. Um, yeah. Well, that joke was made in an episode of Powerpuff Girls. I remember that the villain Femme Fatale came and asked the yes! girls, oh my goodness. name one ah. female superhero. And they're like, Wonder Woman. She's like, great. Who else? And, you know, there's that awkward <laughs> silence. And Chris and I remember watching with you and we're like, yeah, well, there's also Hot Girl. That's all we had, though. <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody and else that back girl then. And Super Girl and all these girl versions of the boys. And <laughs> that episode I actually had specifically written down <laughs> to talk about in TV episodes. Powerpuff Girls came out in 1998. And it's already just this fun show about, you know, these three I don't know, how old are they supposed to be? Like five or four or something like that? It's these really? little girls. Yeah, they're like in preschool. You're right. They Why are. They're I... very yeah. young. Yeah. Huh. You know, I mean, they don't talk like it or anything. But um, yeah, it's these little girls with these crazy superpowers. And they they just go around having the most ridiculous fights. But there's this one episode where, yeah, the villain is femme fatale and she is stealing millions of dollars in susan b anthony coins and the powerpuff girls go to stop her and she convinces them that all men are horrible <laughs> and you know she like asks them about the superheroes and they can't answer anything but wonder woman and she's like does anyone appreciate you and and so they start acting very bitter and refusing to do chores for the professor and telling the mayor to save the town himself and then their teacher miss keen and Miss Bellum, the the secretary to the mayor. Sarah Bellum, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they explain to the girls that being mean to guys won't do anything, and that isn't the kind of message feminists should put out. They proceed, you know, to teach the girls you can't be mean to men and break them down to try to improve uh, how things are for women. And so then the girls proceed to beat up Femme Fatale while giving her a history lesson about Susan B. Anthony. The story where, <laughs> the story where uh, Susan B. Anthony voted and was found guilty uh, because women weren't allowed to vote back then. But then the judge wanted to let her off easy because she's a woman and she insisted that they take her to jail. And so the girls teach her that lesson. And that just is such a great episode. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. Oh, man, that's good. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like TV, I had so many written down, but definitely it's all stuff we've already talked about before. Like most recently, Steven Universe, the Crystal Gems are awesome. Mm -hmm. Avatar, we can't not talk about Avatar in an episode. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but to be fair, let's talk about Katara, right? Yes. Katara is amazing. She's such a good character. And once again, there's that like two very dissimilar people in Katara, who's very motherly and girly, and Toph, 
who is sounds the opposite. Like tough. You know, she's like, <laughs> the opposite. she's like, pick your nose, pick your toes. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. And I mean, at first it's this cause for contention between them, but they become such good friends and they're both so strong in their own ways. Yeah. yeah. And then you get Azula and Tylee <gasps> and May. Yes. And once like, like we talk about Zuko being such an amazing villain, but Azula, like this girl's Ooh, 15, Azula. 14 or something. And she has such mental troubles and the way that she was brought up yet. She's so powerful. And she, anyway, just so much goes on with her. Yeah. Yeah, the Kyoshi so Warriors. Yeah, yeah the Kyoshi yeah. Warriors. They're as cool as they come. Oh, they're so cool. They give they give Sokka a lesson, don't they? <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, I talked recently about Clone Wars. Kristen, you were just talking about Star Wars. Ahsoka is so awesome. Yeah. I love that my girls have Rey to look to as a Jedi. I yeah. love that they brought General Leia back. Adam mentioned uh, Admiral Holdo, who is also brilliant. And I actually have the light purple iPhone and it's named Admiral Holdo. Nice. Whenever, <laughs> nice. No, I'm like, whenever I link something with Bluetooth, Admiral Holdo. Um, That's great. Anyway, but Captain Phasma, I remember when the Force Awakens came out and there was all this talk about, oh, you can't even tell she's a girl. Like her armor looks just like the regular Stormtrooper armor. And it's like, well, duh, it's armor. It doesn't need to be feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, I do think they did Captain gosh. Phasma dirty, though. They could have done a lot more with her. I was going to say, was yeah. a waste. Like, they wasted her potential. She was such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. she could have been cooler. But I, I agree, Kristen. I, I do appreciate that they did just give her, like, normal armor. Because I feel like that's, like, a major, like, sci-fi dumbness that like you oh, and, yeah. and, and fantasy too like mm-hmm. whenever there's like a warrior woman or you see it in video games all the time like men are like <sighs> all in these like big like suits of armor and all this stuff and then the girls are like in a metal bikini and high heels <laughs> i've always thought like oh, how this doesn't make any sense so i appreciated that yeah that you you couldn't tell just from looking at her like oh that's a girl stormtrooper like that's just a stormtrooper that's cool or like in boba fett and mandalorian all these shows, they just have so many cool characters. And yeah. I love it. We're not limited to just Princess Leia and who's the, the redhead Shannon? Mon Mothma. Yeah. Yeah. In the original trilogy. Like, yeah. That was it. We have so much more and I love it. One show I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before that I was the only one I wanted to bring up is Parks and Rec. You guys, yeah! Leslie yes! Nope, I feel like is like the definition of empowered women she is the coolest and she's smart and she's persistent and, and she's she, funny she's hilarious <laughs> i want to be a member of the pawnee goddesses oh, yes she's so great and galentine's day ovaries before broveries yeah. uterus before deuters <laughs> <laughs> she like she, that started galentine's that was before galentine's yeah. day was the thing like she started it she did it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and also not just her but like the other women in this show are also like very like in very different ways right like aubrey plaza's like April, as april ludgate oh my god she she is also like empowered woman for like opposite of yes. leslie nope right or donna treat yourself yeah treat yourself <laughs> yes. now that whole show all of the women in that show are like yeah you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. amy polar is just a genius yeah um, she is yes in fact a lot of uh the stuff i'm sharing are things that I found on a blog that she started called A Mighty Girl. That's where I looked and, up some yeah. of my stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. It's and they, so and good. 
they have lists of, you know, books with books by women, books um, about women, books, you know, that are geared towards kids. They have movies. They have like everything listed. They have this whole series of posters that have illustrations of women with, you know, these empowering words. And anyway, I just I love it. I love Amy Poehler. Yeah, she's amazing. Agent Carter came out in 2015, which it took this side character, you know, Captain America's love interest, and gave her her own show where, you know, it's post-World War II. It's women are being told to, okay, stop working. The men are back from the war. Go back to, you know, the kitchen being good little housewives. And her not being taken seriously as an agent and her having to kind of like do her own thing on the side while trying to make strides in the agency where she works. And it's just, I love it. Haley Atwell is one of my heroes. I love that woman. And then Firefly. Okay. Zoe, who is the first mate on the Firefly ship. And she is just the epitome of a tough woman. She is so strong and intimidating and just amazing. And then you have Kaylee, the mechanic who knows everything about tools and fixing engines, but her entire workspace is decorated with like flowers and stuffed animals. And she loves all things girly. And then you have Inara who is so strong, even though she's technically like a sex worker, but she has so much more to her than that. And then there's river who is just a big old mess in her brain, but she's so strong and interesting. And I know I've mentioned Firefly before because I was comparing some of our favorite anime series to it. Firefly is such a good series by Joss Whedon and it's just such good characters. Oh man. So that's it for my TV shows. (laughs) And then I had another category, but I think this is probably a lot. There's just, there's so many great examples. I love that there is so much. And especially, like you said, over time, there, there seems to be more and more. And right now we're in this really great kind of era where there is a lot of attention being paid to like making sure that there is that equality there and that the representation is there. And I just think it's awesome. I am curious though, Kristen, what were some of your others? Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> we can curious. cut it out if it's too long, but I'm curious. <laughs> um, uh, my others, I had the video games, Super Mario Brothers 2 and Metroid. Yeah. Metroid. Oh yeah. We talked about Samus. Was, like unmasked. And it was like, what? It's a girl. Same so thing. Cool. Armor doesn't matter. Boy or girl. In fact, zero suit Samus that they've started including in stuff makes me mad. <laughs> I'm like, no. Skin tight. Get rid of her high heels and her The high heels bothers me. Oh, just, right? yeah. anyway. It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't have like if it was a Star Wars equivalent game, like you wouldn't have the option to play as Mando without any of the armor, right? right. Like that's dumb. <laughs> and if you did, he wouldn't be wearing a speedo. Uh, yeah. Right? right? <laughs> Right? Oh Wearing platforms so and stuff. So true. So true. Ugh. Anyway. The video game I was going to mention was Overwatch. And I never realized until looking it up. But here's all of the playable female characters. They are so cool. Diva is a South Korean mech pilot and former pro gamer. Orisa is a mechanical peacekeeper. Zarya is a Russian power lifter and soldier. Ash is an American gunslinger. May is a Chinese climatologist. Farah is an Egyptian security officer. Sombra is a Mexican hacker. Symmetra is an Indian architect. 
Tracer is a British pilot. Widowmaker is a French sniper. Anna is an Arabic soldier. Brigitta is a Swedish engineer. Mercy is a Swedish field mechanic. And Moira is an Irish geneticist. Nice. Those are some strong women. Yes. <laughs> Smart. The best. The Hawkeye Initiative, <laughs> which was a Tumblr page started in 2012. And it's just people took the character of Hawkeye. Oh, I remember this. It's gold. And they would redraw him in the same poses or outfits as women on comic book <laughs> covers. And so they would find these, like, you know, somehow they were able to show off both their chest and their butt. Somehow they can twist their body that way. <laughs> Plus, you know, they're wearing hardly anything because it empowers them. And so they would redraw Hawkeye in that same pose, wearing a very tight Speedo <laughs> or like a shirt with a hole cut out in the middle. That's so and funny. just like, it's the funniest <laughs> thing. And it just really was trying to bring to light, you know, this idea that women are sexualized and it should stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, like you'd mentioned with Hawkeye, that's part of what I really, really love about that comic series. Like, let's. Put aside the fact that the story is so nice, the artwork of that one, I feel like did such a good justice of that, um, that, you know, Kate Bishop is not overly sexualized. Like, yes, there's a cutout in her shoulder <laughs> that you can see, but, like, it's not intended to be, like, sexy. It's supposed to be interesting and right. unique, and, like, she has normal body proportions, and I really like that. Um, with the whole, the artwork style is just really cool anyway, but that was kind of one of the first comics I'd really read that was that way. And then, you know, I started to read a lot more, um, a finely woven thread, uh, is the first book in a Black Widow series that did the very same style of artwork. Um, Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick, also same thing. And I thought that was really cool to read these really empowering stories with, yeah, like you said, really just good artwork <laughs> that is not... Oh. overdone. I didn't get the chance to mention it when we were talking about movies, but I was going to compare Captain Marvel with Wonder Woman. I, I, I think both of those movies were very well done. I like the characters, but I feel like so often in the media, when a woman is tough, it's like she has to be like the guys. Like, that's how she's tough. And I like that Wonder Woman is like the strongest, toughest person you'll ever meet, yet walking around London, she's like, oh, a baby oh i love babies and she yeah. tries ice cream and she's like oh this is very good <laughs> you know she's just she's also very feminine and then like captain marvel she's not manly but she also isn't you know the traditional feminine she likes wearing jean jackets and kicking butt and she's not gonna take any crap from anyone but she does it like while still being a woman i can't explain it better than that but i just i love those and then I was going to talk about the classic American Girls, how those books American were my first introduction. Girls, I forgot yeah. about American <laughs> Girls. And I know I messaged Aaron about this back when I think we were talking about books or something, but that was my first introduction into like the Great Depression and World War II and slavery and the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and how it affected just these regular girls living in those times and how there was heartbreak, there was death and loss, but also they were very inspiring. Yeah. 
And then the final thing I was going to talk about was Carrie Fisher, just because yes. I I didn't know much about her as I was younger and like knew her as Princess Leia. But then when they did the Star Wars sequels and they brought her back and she was in the spotlight a little more, I started reading more about her and about how she worked so hard to get rid of the stigma on mental health. She really talked about it a lot and how yeah. she, you know, said, you know what? I aged. Women, women aren't allowed to age in Hollywood, but I did. So tough luck in your face that I don't look the same way that I did when I wore a metal bikini. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, there's this great picture of her online of her like flipping off job of the hut. Cause yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know, if your kids ask, about the slave outfit, you know, just say this guy locked me up and forced me to wear it. So I choked him and escaped and took it off. <laughs> Done. Yeah. You know, she's just so unapologetically out there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Lots to talk about. I mean, my goodness. Yes. Adam even gave me a list of stuff that he uh, wanted to talk about. <laughs> There's a lot of overlap. Oh, There's a couple boy. of things that I didn't get to, but oh my goodness. There's so much oh, out I? there. It's so great being a woman. <laughs> I love it. Yes. This is a great time. True. And I just want to say real quick, I really appreciate that I have so many strong women in my life. We've had our mom on the show, Kristen and Shannon as amazing sisters, Stephanie. I, I'm not going to keep naming because – but all of the family, like all the women in our family are strong, smart, amazing women. And I, I just want to say I really appreciate – the influence that you have on my life. Like, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And on that sappy note, I guess this is a good spot to wrap it up. (laughs) Um, As always, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoritshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoritshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite uh, women in media, uh, women who who have made you feel empowered or made you feel strong or anything. We, We want to hear all about it. Clearly, we could have gone on even longer, although this is definitely going to be our longest episode. Email us. Let us know if you have suggestions or future topics or or suggestions for guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't like what you hear, it's probably because I was just talking too much for this episode and I should have just laid out completely (laughs) and let these amazing women share what they have to say. So listen to them and then you'll want to give us the five stars. You silly. By the way. I gave five stars, so Alex should mail me a rock. You have to prove it. Oh, right. We need yes. proof. Give us that screenshot. I'll send it. <laughs> we did. We have Tom, Robert, your rocks are on their way to you. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the rock episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I guess that'll wrap it up. Until next week, my name's Aaron. I'm Shannon. I'm not Sean. <laughs> I'm also not Sean. I'm Kristen. Yes. <laughs> and I'm Stephanie. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, cue the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>